Hey everyone and welcome to Previously in the Multiverse. This is the DC Comics Podcast. It is the sister podcast to Comics from the Multiverse, which is where me, myself, which is Pete, Peter, and I'm joined by Connor here yes. just now. Uh, we are joined by Matt on that show. We talk about new DC Comics every week. In fact, this coming week we have new comics for the first time in over a month. But this show is where we work our way through classic DC Comics runs and what we are currently working on and doing issues of today are post-crisis Batman uh, which today we're doing Batman 406 part of year one Uh, we have Wonder Woman by Brian Azzarello uh, from the New 52 Uh, we have The Flash by Mark Wade. we're doing annual number five today we got Birds of Prey by Chuck Dixon finally starting the actual ongoing series it's been all minis and one shots till now uh, we got GSA issue 9 from Jeff John's run we have Superman Man of Steel 105 which is part of Emperor Joker and we have Batgirl number 6 uh, by Brian Q. Miller this is the uh, the Stephanie Brown Batgirl series from 2009 and my yes. cats are causing chaos right now yeah we could see him in the background a minute ago they literally yanked my uh, headphone cable there, and I thought it may have came out. It didn't, but it pulled it down past my feet. Anyway. <laughs> Terrible uh, beasts. So, yes. That is what's happening. That is uh, all the books we're talking about today. Uh, there will be another vote for patrons. Uh, we don't have one picture yet. We'll have it probably picked next week. Uh, we'll tell you about it then. Uh, that, that'll be for whatever replaces Shazam! The New Beginning, which is what's replacing Emperor Joker. And obviously Emperor Joker is finishing next episode, so... Not long uh, left, thank God. Yeah, hallelujah is the phrase I would maybe use uh, to describe <laughs> how I feel about that. Uh, so we'll start off with Batman 406, Frank Miller writing with Dave uh, Mazzucchelli on the art. Uh, this is the third part of four of year one. And of course, once again, it's a really good issue. Uh, maybe my least favourite of the three so far. I would but, say definitively is my least yeah. favourite. Um, uh, it's, it's got less... I don't know, bite to it. There's less. I mean, don't get me wrong. The first half's very exciting. The first half is the continuation where Batman's trapped in that that building and the SWAT team's going in. There's a lot of fun stuff in the art and the the, the the logistics of him sneaking around the SWAT team and jumping out at certain points. All that stuff is really good fun. Like, I, it's still a good issue. Let me make that do you know, clear. Do you know what is fascinating about this issue to me is when I was reading this, it felt longer. Like it felt like I was sitting there turning pages for a lot longer than I was on the previous issues. But, when objectively less happens uh yeah. it's it's more focused than any other issue by a long shot like you know a good half maybe two-thirds is this batman in the building yeah i mean actually yeah because it obviously starts right at that point and then we have like selena and uh, holly kind of come to watch because just people are showing up to watch what's going on because it's on the news that they've got the batman cornered in a building and but there are some wonderful details here that I really love. I love Gordon and his narration. He's talking about, like, the Astalic. He's talking about the, the police force. He's talking about the corrupt commissioner and that they're doing this. You know, they are hunting the Batman. They didn't care about the woman's life. Uh, I, I, I mean, we. You know, he corrects himself in his own head. He says, no, I mean, we, of course. Yeah. It's just I very lo- telling, isn't it? I love that little... Yeah, he, sees, he, he feels separate from the rest of the law enforcement and that's kind of a wonderful little touch uh, mm. sort of going on um, and you know, the art's great here, I, I love a lot of the panels of the, the SWAT team in the in the building sneaking around, Batman sticking up through like, the old chimney and you know, essentially he's doing the Vulcan 
nerve pinch for the looks of it <laughs> pretty much <laughs> hey if it works it works right uh very much so very much so so yeah all that stuff's really good uh you got commissioner Loeb up in the, the helicopter and batman's like you know tying his wounds and again batman's saving the cat right this is the you know we had the homeless woman now he's saving the cat uh because one of Gordon's big things by the end of this ep- uh, episode, by the end of this issue, is that he is like, you know, he, he saved that woman when no one else seemed to care. He saved the cat and he even paid for the damn suit. Because later on when Batman sort of sneaks away from this, eventually sneaks away from the building, he breaks into a like a clothes shop and gets a suit, but he leaves he goes, money for it. That's so Bruce Wayne, isn't it? That he gets mm. a three-piece suit while running away <laughs> as Batman. Like, come on, anything will have done. Yeah, this is one of these things because I, you know, I read Year One. This is the first comic book I ever read was Batman Year One, and I read it. I got it and read it uh, within a month of seeing Batman Begins. Batman Begins is what made me want to go out and try read some comics, and obviously because it was Batman, I started with Batman. And this, of course, has the the big like. There's, there's been little nuggets so far of stuff that obviously they put into Year One, but this big moment where he he presses the button on his shoe and because even in the movie it, it, like it, it takes it off his shoe but it does come from his shoe they even keep that little detail in there mm-hmm. but he presses this this sonar device which attracts the bats the the backup as, uh, as he calls it in the movie uh but you know it's, it's this really fun fun beat where it actually continues there's, there's some stuff uh, and i, I kind of like the idea of showing how reckless the swat team are because one of them like takes a shot out the window and it actually hits one of the cops in the shoulder yeah, and and Gordon's trying to get the the commissioner on, uh, or, the, or whoever it was, so it was commissioner or the captain, um, being like, "Look, you call them off. This is this is going too far. They're they're, they're not paying attention to the surroundings. They're shooting out windows, and he's just getting no answer." Yeah, they just don't care. They want to wrap this up as quickly as possible because Batman's actually threatened people in power. Uh, nice little touch here that I like is Batman at one point uh, to sort of save himself kicks a pillar and you know drops the the roof on a lot of the SWAT team. It's actually a really nice touch because if you remember back to the first issue of this arc, the first thing we see him do is kicking a tree. Yeah. It's, it's a very similar panel. So it's, it's a really nice little touch. It's like, oh, that's coming in handy. That, that one particular thing we saw That, that training wasn't useless. Yeah. So really good. And we see the bats coming in. Uh, and honestly, maybe the best page of the book in terms of art uh, might be the page where the, the bats are... The, the first panel is a close-up of one bat at the front, and then the rest of it's the bats swarming around the crowd and everyone kind of ducking and diving. That's pretty good, isn't it? And it's this this harsh yellow... Like, well, I say harsh. It's it's soft in that it's, it's like, you know, daylight for the first time. It's sunrise. Yeah, because it's, it's like a page or two before that. He's, it's, a, it's a page before you see dawn happening as the bats are flying in front of it, yeah. Right, but it feels harsh because... Even though it's a soft colour, it feels harsh because, no, this is daylight and this is the enemy of Batman. Yeah, uh, and then the colour completely goes as... Uh, basically, just to show that this is Gordon kind of recapping like what happened next. Uh, yeah. So talking about the, the suit being stolen, everyone getting tetanus shots at the same time, uh, the hospital's overrun. Uh, and then it gets to you know, the stuff with him and Essen where the, 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 uh, it became normal for them to like go for coffee after work and then they get stuck out in the rain... Uh, he even suspects Bruce Wayne. This is actually one of these little details that I'd, I'd forgotten. That he actually does have Bruce Wayne as a suspect because of his backstory, and Bruce has got this elaborate sort of like alibi where he's been in Switzerland or whatever, and they call he, you know, he calls Switzerland, and there's a guy pretending to be Bruce Wayne, uh, saying, "Oh, I've been here for weeks, and I broke my leg and stuff," and you know, all these casts would conveniently cover the bullet holes that he got shot, you know, where he got shot. Yeah, yeah. And then we see he is actually out there skiing. 
Yeah, because we, we, he does go there like after all this to sort of like basically help with the alibi essentially. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you always see Selena like knocks out her pimp <laughs> and says, "Holly, we're getting into a new line of business." So, I mean, honestly, if I have a critique of year one, that the worst part of it is probably Selena stuff, just because it just feels so kind of tacked in there. Because we we need to have Selena Kyle's origin in here as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you feel its inclusion. Uh, it's just off. It, it feels. Like, yeah, we're three quarters of the way through now, and it feels like there's been nothing of of note. Yeah, you know, there's like a page coming up where she like she's got a cat suit, and like Holly's like, oh, we've paid like you know all of her you know all of her money for this this suit. Like you know, I don't know. It just it feels weird, like included. Uh, it's just probably the only legit complaint I would say from a story point of view. Like, why is this here? It feels kind of. Just it feels too, too late to be kind of going into Catwoman now when you've only got one yeah. issue to go, right? And, and you know, this is, I, know, I know Catwoman, okay, she's been around since the start. I get that. I, mean, I maybe, get that's the desire. But. Maybe I'll feel a little bit differently when we read the final issue uh, in a couple of episodes' time. But at least right now, it feels like a, a tacked-on element that I don't think needs to be there and doesn't feel as that important to the overall themes of the story. But... You know, maybe I'll feel differently when we read the last issue. Uh, and you know, we have the moment with Essen where they kiss in the rain. Uh, and the art here is very good. The actual art of the kiss is really deep shadows, all that stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But, you know, Gordon like, feels the weight of what he's done. He feels guilty. He's thinking about his wife. And the final page of this book, the final page is him sitting on the edge of his bed holding his gun. He's in his underwear. His pregnant wife is, you know, asleep in the bed behind him. And he's talking about how heavy the gun feels in his hand, uh, about what he's done to his wife, about what he's thinking about. And I think, you know, reading this issue now, like, the, kind of the, the vibe I was getting from Gordon and kind of, like, how the essence stuff kind of ties into the themes of everything else, beyond just giving him a flaw so that he's not just this perfect person to make him feel more like a real character, is that I think the idea of the temptation of S and this 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 person that he's not supposed to like have in his life the way that he does I think is actually a prelude to how his relationship with Batman is going to develop it's kind of this mm-hmm. idea of like he can't accept the idea of like accepting Batman and accepting that he needs Batman even because that's you know part of what he's saying here in his narration is talking about what Batman's been doing and how like he's a criminal I'm a cop it's that simple but like you know, I'm a, I'm a cop in a city where you know we've got corrupt commissioners, corrupt you know, and, policemen. Yeah, I think part of that there is is Essenio. You say, oh, it gives him a flaw. And I think that's very. You know, I think, I think you kind of understated it a little bit there because it's the mm. idea that no, 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 you know, he he's there realizing you know I'm a crim- he's a criminal, I'm a cop. It's that simple. But, but it's, it's not. not that simple. Yeah. Life's not that simple. And I think Essen is really important in you know in in him having a flaw. It is important for him to kind of acknowledge that. Yeah, but like I say, I think this idea of like his marriage is supposed to, you know, the rules are simple, right? For a marriage, I mean, it's weird to think of it just as rules, but just in the sense that okay, you get married, you're with that person, you're devoted to that person, you love that person, and doing anything to you know break that trust is, is you know a sin. It's just, that's that's you breaking the the law of marriage essentially, right? Sure. And the idea of Essen being this temptation, like. I'm not saying that he's not actually attracted to her like that, but I do think I was I, just, I was thinking about it as I was reading this issue that this idea of the temptation of Essen and it ultimately like it's not going to be anything past this, but she she's the one ally in the police station because he says that last issue right he, he talked about how she's the only cop there who's kind of on his side, the only one yeah. who's not judging him in the room, 
and i think she kind of represents the, the the start of the idea of like batman is kind of the affair not to his marriage but to his but job to his job yeah, yeah. i can see that and I, I think she's kind of the prelude to that uh, and you know it ends here as he's talking about this gun because that's the last line is this this gun feels you know the heaviest in my hand that it's ever felt he can't process what he's thinking about this vigilante but the last thing he says before that final line is he saved the old woman he saved the cat he even paid for the suit and he, you know he's, he's really questioning where he stands and it's notable that you know bruce wayne's small part when he's in the alps skiing he says that uh you know if this is going to work i need an ally i need jim gordon like he you know he makes that deduction he's like no i need him on my side yeah and yeah so so as much as i said this is the weakest of the three issues i want i want to make it clear that it still does so much that i love and all the stuff in the abandoned building all, all that action stuff is really entertaining and this final beat i love it's just not <laughs> as amazing no, from start to finish as the first I, I, I think i can sum this up really easily because we, we rate these issues yes I, i'm gonna give this one here an 8.5 which is sure. still a great score like objectively it just is however none of the others have been below a nine yes <laughs> so it's it's not quite as good as the as the other issues but it's still you know a cut above average that's for sure yeah I think that's fair yeah i'll agree with 8.5 i think that's fair uh so there you go that's batman batman 405 uh so Four, obviously six. Four six, sorry. We're back to Detective, of course, next episode as we're alternating. And I did actually double check this week to see if, like, just in case the release schedule got, you know, flipped at any point, if, like, we'd actually, we just assumed it was alternating the whole time. So far, we're still on track. We're still doing it in the right order, release-wise. Oh, good. So, um, I've checked. And I checked the next few, of course, just to make sure. So, there you go. Um, That is uh, Batman, and it will take us on to... Uh, Wonder Woman issue 10, Brian Azzarello writing with Tony Akins and Kano on the art. So we have two artists here. Neither one of them is uh, Chang. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you, you feel it. Uh, I'll be honest, I actually this issue fared better art-wise than the previous issues that didn't have them. I do as well. I think that's because a lot of it is these big it's action moments it's action spreads it's big action yeah moments is it like you know a a hades blood river it's very little like conversation stuff whereas a lot but they have to emote a lot in the dialogue there's a little bit of that towards the end but a lot of it is these big ridiculous huge moments and i i think that uh, lends itself quite well uh to the, the art here where i didn't feel the the, and, the, and that's not to say the you know because there, there is emotive points during this action you know mm-hmm. throughout and they're done perfectly well uh it, it's just as opposed to the last few issues where we've had guest artists where it's you know pages of people sitting around a table and talking uh this fares a lot better here yeah so wonder woman is getting put in the golden lasso noose <laughs> and asked if she loves him uh, hades that is and she says hell yeah i do i guess <laughs> uh and her, her thing here what, what, how she phrases this later is that she loves everyone uh, maybe not it's, like that per it's se it's a technicality yeah it's a technicality but you know she does uh but then, then of course he's going to bind her and it's like well if you're not going to do this out of trust then she sort of breaks free and we get her big action scene and hades i love pissed. that she's she's still got the noose around her neck yes while she's doing all of this it's fantastic 
Yeah, she's riding the horse. All all those souls are reaching up to her. Uh, so I, I think really what sticks out here for me is the colouring. Uh, you've got her in this red gown. Uh, the With horse the golden is a, lasso glowing. Yeah, the, the the horse is brown, but then you, all the surroundings are these like just sort of white, uh, maybe creamed sometimes souls. Pale green, I would describe them as maybe. Well, if you're watching the video version of the show, you're going to be saying, why have they changed clothes? This is weird. That's because we were recording this show two days ago, and then Discord or the internet or something completely shot itself, and we couldn't finish it. So uh, this is why it's a little bit later in the week than it normally is, for a start. But uh, yeah, so we're diving back in here kind of mid-conversation on Wonder Woman. Uh, so th- this particular book may be a bit stilted conversation-wise, but what it was saying before things crapped themselves was that uh, Hades does the mummy thing uh, with the with the blood. You know, so, so the mummy, he does the big wall of sand and the face appears in the sand. Uh, that happens in the comic with blood. That's what I was saying with everything. Yeah, it, at first it looks like um, the blood in The, the Shining. Yeah, you know, yes. in front of the elevator. That's what it, the first visual of it looks like, and then you realise, oh no, it's Hades. Uh, he's got his big head sticking out of it. It's yep. kind of a cool image. Yeah, uh, it's you know, it's a fine issue. I think it was a nice, easy, quick read because uh, it was mostly action packed. It was mostly. It, it was mostly that kind of stuff. Uh, it has the big kind of you know dramatic ending, but for the most part, it's pretty easy going as far as an issue goes it is I actually I really like the ending um, I don't think we would have spoken about that it's it's so they actually they escape from hell like you know Hades lets yes. them go eventually and uh, they're getting back on the boat to leave and, and Wonder Woman just turns to Eros and like hey can, can I uh, can, can I borrow that gun of yours and uh, and uses it to, to shoot Hades uh, while he's looking at him at a reflection of himself Um presumably if i'm recalling how this works it's you know you, you you fall in love with the next person you see and this is the idea of teaching hades to love himself yeah because that was the point she made when she was kind of leaving is that you know you, you no one can truly love you because you don't love yourself not in that way yeah i do like the small touch in the the, uh, the art where uh, when he's shot the blast of the gun hitting him actually forms a heart it looks good doesn't it it's it's subtle in a way that it it doesn't look stupid because I think it would be very easy for that to look stupid. Yeah. That's actually the last panel of the book, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, so apologies if the discussion on Wonder Woman was a little bit stilted. We got interrupted, like, halfway through, so <laughs> it was kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. Um, I really dug this issue. Yeah. Um, I'll go as far to give this a 7, which is the highest I've given this book in a while. I thought it was a nice, easy read, and now it was good for the most part, so uh, I can get Not more points. than you asked for. <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, so as I talk and stall for a little bit of time, as I get my list of books up, because I'm totally Forgotten not prepared for any of this. What we were doing? <laughs> yeah, no idea. <laughs> I, I had a nice handy list of books. Uh, I mean, I can tell you what the next book is, if that would help. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so the, the next is The Flash. This is annual issue five. Uh, annual number five, I should say. Uh, written by uh, Mark Wade and Craig Boldman, uh, with art by Travis Carest. You know, I am very concerned. I can't even find where this uh, where this film was. <laughs> Man, went through the whole book, thought, ah, oh, you'll, you'll have it. So, oh, here we, go, you'll, here, you'll we here we go, here we go, here we go. So, I didn't give it a new file. I had it as a second page in something else. Oh, God damn it! This is this, what this is why there was issues. What did you do that for? That is shoddy note taking. Well, I didn't realise I'd have to bring it back like two days later. It was fine. 
should always use a new document for everything. All right. Anyway, yeah, we're on the Flash uh, annual issue five. Uh, so this is uh, a lot of annual for start. <laughs> it's like sixty pages. Uh, yeah, and it does feel like it's actually important going forward. I feel like some of the character stuff, where it leaves a couple of characters, may actually it's be a thing. Very unresolved yeah. at the end of this sixty pages. So I, I think uh, some of the details here may actually be relevant in future stories, uh, unless it was like, there was some other bit going on that this would somehow lead into, which is possible. It's, but it's possible. I suspect this is relevant because I'm going to go out on a limb because this is co-written by by Wade and Baldwin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Wade knew the ideas that he wanted set up, and it's like okay, this is the beats I need it to take, and Baldwin got scripting duties. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the only reason Wade would have kind of bothered with that you know as opposed to just letting the annual do whatever for an issue and him not have to worry about it uh is is because he's going to follow up on it later yeah maybe he just was too busy to actually write the 60 page script well That's you know and on, on top reasonable on top of the monthly book and i assume he was probably doing another monthly book at the, at the time as probably well probably two or three now anyway. yeah so yeah the story here is it's a rogues focus story which is cool uh, we get to see at the start with the trickster trying to rob a, an armoured car whatever it is and uh, Wally kind of stumbles into it uh, he's, he's out for his nightly jog as he puts it and runs into trickster trickster tries to get away but you know uh, and unfortunately for Flash though uh, Weather Wizard shows up and Weather Wizard I didn't recognise immediately it was obvious it was him because of what he was doing but his costume is different from the Weather Wizard outfit that I'm used to from later uh, yeah. I, I'm so familiar with the one that's from the John's run onwards, but you know, it is what it is. And it sets up this jack in the box trap that Trickster's got. Uh, but, you know, Wally is left behind, but he's fine after a bit of time thawing yeah, just, out. Just frozen into mice. The, st- the standard weather, weather wizard shenanigans. Yeah, so we, we get a lot of stuff here with Chunk. Uh, Wally is sort of staying with him and kind of recuperate and try to like get a, a tackle on things chunks power of course is that he can kind of like swallow things like a black hole <laughs> essentially and th- this uh this stuff is all pretty it's, it's all just kind of fun setup stuff it's kind of setting these things up uh th- th- there's some really weird humor here where there's like a vhs tape uh like with chunks like dreams on it or with these like desires on it i'm not gonna ask <laughs> it was it was very odd but it all kind of related to his powers uh and while he's sort of in the black hole and he has to come back out and it's this really weird little sequence uh and basically chunk's so thankful for wally sorting out his problems that he's going to treat him to a, a, a i think it was ribs he's going to take him for a, 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 it was ribs because it made me want ribs and you set of ribs uh, and and there's, there's nowhere i can get ribs right now for the most part though like that stuff just also had a fun setup with wally uh, and chunk because the the majority of the issue i would say is spent on the rogues themselves they, they get the the, the lion share of the screen time as it were uh the panel time may be more accurate and uh, we have to talk about yet another cold base villain to add to the list because the list is never ending golden gliders brought in Chillblain, uh her, her current boyfriend because there's no captain cold right now captain cold is mia uh but they all meet in a movie theater uh to have a secret Communication. Yeah, she's called them all there, um, but used Snart's you know code phrase. So they think they're meeting, they're meeting cold, and and then it's like <clears throat> surprise, it's me. Yeah. So basically, she tells them about this diamond she wants to steal from the uh, the museum. It's got to have this big exhi- exhibition in the next week, 
and they all kind of get excited by the prospect of being able to clear out the rest of the building because she, she wants to take the diamond for herself but she's like hey we break in you guys will cause cause a distraction for me i'll cause a distraction for you you get to ransack the rest of the building everyone's all happy i do love the joke though that every single rogue actually goes there a night early yeah because it's like you know the exhibit opens on tuesday that means lots of people uh, so it'll be nice and easy so tuesday and they're all like yeah tuesday <laughs> the very next th- page monday all of them <laughs> suiting up yeah they literally hold their hands in the air and yell tuesday like they're at like a sports team you know doing a yeah. doing a, a chant or whatever uh, but you know so uh, fun setup and then of course they try and steal this diamond and wally ends up uh, getting kidnapped by golden glider and he gets essentially chained to this weird thing in his foot gets chained to the diamond although it turns out to not be the real diamond she kind of anticipated all this happening and and you know wanted the rogues to distract wally and so we get a lot of wally and the rogues like fighting and him sort of running with one leg because the other legs like literally got a ball and chain on it that's actually working on his super speed uh yeah, I was a little confused as to where the ball and chain kind of came from. I don't think they really set it up or explain where like, it came from. I was really confused because it was like he was fine, and then just the next panel, it was on his leg, and I'm like, what? What just happened? That actually really confused me when uh, I was reading the issue. I I went back and forth over like three pages, five times here, trying to figure it out. What do you mean it was fine? Then he had it on his leg. When you first, the first time you see him after he's been like kidnapped, he's got it on his leg. Uh, yeah, but like I thought it was something that happened there because he's not like around and then he's in the panel like he's been there and he's just sitting there with it on. I'm like, did something you know happen? It feels like I missed something here. Um, I mean, his introduction when they find those would be a little bit abrupt, but I mean, they did set up that he was like, you know, kidnapped earlier on because no, like, Chilblain showed up to the you know the apartment or whatever and and surprised them yeah yeah i'm not disputing any of that it just it felt weird to me i think it was the maybe it was the introduction that was throwing me i'm like where, where did this all come from all of a sudden he's just kind of there with it on and i felt like i was missing something yeah i mean they, they kind of just like use it mechanically because i actually did i appreciated how it actually ended up working because he has to hold the because the diamond's in this like ball that's say attached to the, the foot like thing that he's got and yeah so he has to hold that and even once he gets it off by like vibrating and or whatever vibrating his foot on like something some specific surface he uh he still like sort of has like a problem with his leg after that where he'll land in his leg and it'll sort of hurt and he'll sort of buckle like it it kind of plays into how he how the rest of the the fight in the chase goes for the rest of the issue it does yeah which i which i kind of liked uh so there's a lot of this um what did you think of the art i i thought the art was mixed i feel like at times it was working in a 90s way and then there was other times where i could see like a little bit of grgr kind of sneaking out of the faces and i was kind of like Ugh. no i get that um I, I also thought it was mixed i thought at times it was really solid and then the other points it seemed extremely heavy on the inks out of nowhere like for like four or five panels would just be suddenly super heavy on the inks and would just be really dark and scratchy we do um, as worth mentioning there is two artists on this book so there's a good chance that my my liking of some art and not the other might just be simple as one artist is all right and the other was one's there not two artists i'm sure there was two artists no just one artist all right, you're right. The credits pages no. laid out really weirdly no you're right i just misremembered okay so that that's why it was more confusing to me here is is like 
Uh, to be fair, I think I just saw there there were multiple Incas, which might actually explain it. Explain my problem. Um, yeah, yeah. There's three Incas, which that explains why some pages all of a sudden I felt were extremely heavy out of nowhere. Yeah, there was because it's right around the, the where he's, he's still got the ball and chain on, right? But he's 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 dealing with certain rules. It's, it's boomerang specifically uh, on page because uh, it's not the number at the bottom, thirty-five of the issue. I think it's around here in the issue that I started to look at the faces and go, hmm, there's a little bit of John Romita Jr. <laughs> creeping out of these faces, and it wasn't near the whole issue. And I'm wondering... I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. If you look at, like, page 40 that's labelled uh, in, in the issue, yeah. that's one where I feel like the inks are suddenly really heavy and scratchy out of nowhere, um, really dark, and, yeah. and it, things like that where it's just like, huh, okay. So it could, it could be the anchor that's more doing that than it is the, uh, the pencils, given that I think... You no, know, I, I think the first chunk of the issue looks fine. It looks, you know, of its time, but, it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not particularly bad. Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. Uh, Isles tend to suffer because they, they uh, you know, they, they have... Uh, because like, you have regular artists on all the books, so the annuals tend to be like, who can we get for the annual? And sometimes you get lucky and they'll get like some superstar to do a one-off annual, but a lot of the time you, you tend to get a lot of the, the no-names or the, the people who no, are just free. You, you can sometimes get lucky because, like you say, it's oh, we, we, it's just one issue, you say. It's no commitment, so they can kind of get them in that way. Whereas more likely it's who's not working and has something that, that we can you know have done pretty quickly. Uh, and you know they kind of use their their floor roster. You know, not the people who are on a regular ongoing book, but just okay, who have we got going that that can fill in? Yeah, I do kind of love that. Uh, just before he gets the ball and chain thing off, <laughs> I think that's Boomerang's trying to saw off his leg so he can get a diamond. Um, where am I looking? That's uh, page forty. It's the one you. Uh, oh, page forty. Okay, we're still on that. Set me to. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. He's it. trying to soft his leg. I, I do kind of love that Glider's plan to distract the rogues is literally how you would distract the cat by putting something like p- putting like the, the the whatever you want them attracted to, putting like a string on it, or in this case, a ball, <laughs> so they'll all chase the flash. Because it's not just that they have to deal with the flash because the flash is trying to stop them. It's that they want the thing on his leg. So. The whole thing is designed to keep the Flash away from Glider and Chillblain, although she does kind of betray Chillblain as well, because Chillblain's not... Just turns out to be an all-typical man. He's, what we're saying is, he's no cold snap. He's no, he's no cold snap, yes. Uh, so, you know, Flash uh, makes, makes work of the rest of them, whereas... Uh, in fact, the, the diamond that was on his leg turned out to be a bomb, so there's a little segue here where he kind of runs out and gets a wheelchair from the hospital and flies it off into the... Uh, up a hill and out into the sky so it'll blow up but he comes back obviously for Chillblade and Glider uh, and we get the reveal here of what's going on and the diamond that she was really after and what that diamond is and I have to admit I didn't see this coming uh, I was that's, generalist that's, that's funny because I thought she actually mentioned Black Diamond when she was talking about stealing it so it was in my head the whole time I clearly didn't notice that and therefore never even thought about the fact that this could be Eclipso related. Because <laughs> uh, when she shows up uh, during the fight when Flash is fighting Chillblade and she's, she's got her faces all kind of like, you know, different, I'm like, wait, was she someone else? And it wasn't until the next page that I sort of started to sort of piece together, oh, wait a minute, this is Eclipso shit. Because uh, the last time I saw Eclipso on anything would have been Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Because that was the last time in continuity. He For you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, me and Matt read him in Justice League Dark just a few months ago. Oh, he was popping up in Dark. All right, okay. Yes. Uh, but the last time I saw him was in, in that, and that was like the end of 2016. So, 
Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen Eclipso. Um, yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah, so we get this big cliffhanger here where like Eclipso is kind of on the loose. Uh, you know, uh, Flash wants Chunk to help, wants Chunk to uh, use the black hole powers to <laughs> to get rid of it. And it uh, doesn't happen. just doesn't happen. No, and it's kind of an unsatisfying ending. For, for like a 60-page annual, I kind of expect a bit more closure than this. Yeah, he, kind of, he, he, he walks off, he's kind of pissed because Wally stood him up for dinner, basically. Uh, but there's maybe a sense that there's more to it than that. Like, he's acting a little bit too upset. Like we can see, there's a great little panel, actually, we can see the, the, the face behind him. It's almost like Eclipse was already kind of controlling him, or something's controlling him. Uh maybe this is like his dark because Chunk used to be a villain and I'm wondering if that maybe rather than being entered with Eclipse so this little shadowy figure behind him with his hand on his shoulder may actually be more to do with uh, sort of his inner dark side or whatever mm, uh, could well be yeah. it could be I, I, I haven't read any of the stuff with him previously before this to have much of a a basis to you know to figure that out on but I'm sure we'll find out as the run goes on because oh, I'm sure. sure this is going to come back in yeah uh, so no super dark stuff so yeah yeah Wally gets uh, possessed by Eclipso uh, and again that's why the more John Romita Jr. looking pages because of all the lines uh, especially on the chest I was getting a lot of Romita Jr. on the chest on that page uh, I can see that yeah but yeah and it ends on a little joke here where uh, Glider gets the, uh, the, the, the the can of nuts that has the jack in the box on it this just to sort of ends on a little joke but yeah it ends on this big cliffhanger where Wally's been possessed by Eclipso. And, it's kind of a big deal, and that's it. So I was like, I was expecting this annual to be standalone and have a have an ending and and so on, and it didn't. It was like here, there's more story to to get to. And I think that's as part of why I don't. I don't want to say I dislike this issue, but I'm going to rate it lower than than I might have done. Mm-hmm. Is because with this amount of page count, oh, this is you know, okay. Here's your your annual. Uh, if this was three issues of you know if if you broke this up into three different issues of a six issue arc i'd probably kind of be on board with everything that was happening you'd break it up a little bit differently here or there sure but i'd be into it um whereas as okay this is your entire issue it's it's this long the the there's a there's this all this build going on with the with the rogues and and then about i don't know 10 pages before the end it just goes oh by the way eclipso now it kind of really threw me. It's a pretty big, big thing, yeah. Um, I'm just looking ahead because that, that's actually the last issue in the first trade. If you're getting the big thick trades, uh, the Flash by Mark Wade trades, uh, we actually start off next issue, uh, next trade with an issue of Green Lantern. Okay, it's a good job you mentioned that because <laughs> yeah, I would not have known. And I assume it's because Green Lantern and Flash cross over with this Eclipse stuff, but. Actually, no. Uh, it says War- uh, Guerrilla Warfare Part 1 of 4. It's uh, Grodd-related stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll get back to Eclipso at some point. I mean, I mean it, 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 it's it, worth it, noting, this annual, in terms of its release schedule, actually came out between the two issues of that last yeah. like, two-parter. Well, what's interesting, it's not the first time, because if you remember Flash War just from the last couple of years, like that set up Flash War, and then Flash War didn't start for like four months. So <laughs> it's not entirely... Yeah like unexpected if this, this sets up a story that doesn't actually start getting addressed until like issue 75 or something like that yeah it's not even a thing that's just 
of its time because this is still happening yeah so notably here uh we have green lantern 30 next and then flash 69 and green lantern 31 and then it's back to the flash for quite a while but there is a green arrow uh, sorry a green lantern issue 40 which comes in much later in this trade so there's a couple of green lanterns in here i hope it's on dc universe i'm sure it will be uh are the the writer's unfortunate though uh who's doing the other parts of this crossover oh is it that that green lantern period yeah that green lantern period so it's right at that that time period and that so uh, that's a shame but if they're relevant to the story going on then we'll just have to uh you know go on with suffer it through it uh especially since this, at least this next story feels like a straight up crossover between the two books so sounds a lot like it yeah well i mean part one of four does sound pretty conclusive so yeah so as worth mentioning next flash issue will technically be green lantern issue 30 which i know sounds weird but that's the next thing in the, the, the mark wade flash run so that's what we'll be doing so uh yeah no i mean i i overall enjoyed the plot i enjoyed the time of the rogues we've not really had much rogues yet in this run and I, I i did enjoy sort of seeing where they are now what their interactions with each other are uh there was some fun banter between them uh boomerang cracking jokes about how the the, the popcorns highway robbery and they, they call me a thief you know th- things like that uh I, I was i was into that those general ideas stuff the actual story uh I, I, I do kind of agree is a bit over long for what it is and eclipso does kind of uh, pop in at the end kind of weirdly yeah i did like a lot of the banter between the rogues though like you know when they're at the movie theater mm. and they're just you know there's a lot of good back and forth there that was fun it made me excited to see more rogue stuff in the run mm. yeah i get that I made me excited for that. Uh, all right, we give it then. We give it the Flash Annual issue five. Uh, I'm gonna give it just a six, unfortunately. Yeah, I would go six point five. I've got a nudge higher, but I, I do, I do think it's maybe one of the weaker things we've had in the run so far. Uh, but the truth is, is that annuals often end up feeling like that. They do, and um, I don't think it helps that we spent like the first half of this trade being annuals and specials. Yeah, that's true. Uh, at least now, though, we're in a, a, a period where the next one will be about 12 issues away. <laughs> you know, at, at least. Theoretically, yeah. Yeah. I think there's one at the end of the second trade. But again, it's, you know, it's a big trade, so... Uh, yeah. But there you go. That is, uh, that is the Flash Annual Issue 5. That will take us on to Birds of Prey Issue 1. Finally. I know. Finally get the Birds of Prey Issue 1. Uh, what, a weird, what a weird thought that is. So, yeah, Birds of Prey issue one sets up some stuff. Uh, some... We should say, you know, the, the, the creative team. Of course. Forgive me. Uh, we, of course, have Chuck Dixon writing with Greg Land on art. Is that why you wanted me to say that? Well, I just feel like we'd do it on all of them anyway. You should, you know, keep keep that going. All right, all right. No, no, no harm in forgetting once in a while, but okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it starts off with a kind of a joke here where Diane is yelling, "No, no, take it away! It's too horrible!" And then the payoff to it is that it's actually a new computer <laughs> that Barbara got her because Dana hates technology and is scared of using it. And there's a lot of fun jokes here. Dana throwing the, uh, the 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 sheet over it so that she can't use the camera and things like that. Uh, just a lot of stuff. It teases kind of where we're going with maybe some of the villains here uh, with Hellhound. Who looks more like a, a cat? But that's that. <laughs> you're not there. It, it's. Do you, do you get cat cat vibes from that? It looks more feline to me than than dog like. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if that's just the way he's kind of like 
posing though I don't that, that, you know, do you know what I mean rather than the actual design you could have told me that was a crappy new design for Catman or Wildcat and uh, I'd have like I, I, I get where you're coming from yeah. uh, just, yeah. just in a couple though uh, and just kind of teases that uh, we're well Dane is having more fun with this camera by wearing a goofy mask to scare the shit out of Barbara uh, who now has a Nightwing little doll next to her Batgirl doll which yeah I noticed that as well yeah it's just alright it's alright post it telling her to call dad well we actually bring back Real Asia if you remember Real Asia was the, the country they went to I think back in that first one shot I want to say that we did uh, but we, we introduce uh, this mysterious blonde character and I'm saying it that way because we find out by the end of the issue who this is but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say mysterious blonde man for now yes. uh, with a walking stick and the walking stick may actually tip you off if you're you know if, if you know your, your history yeah. uh, I mean even if you've been reading Batgirl recently the walking stick would uh, tip you off yeah. so he's there and he's doing stuff with uh, I mean he's got Jackie Pajamas Yes, I was going to say he's got a, a more proper name, but the nickname for uh, him is Jackie Pajamas. His actual name is Jackie Parmaganian. Yes, but everyone calls him Jackie Pajamas, and I remembered that. So I think the writer did a really good job there of giving me something easy to remember because I remember Jackie Pajamas. <laughs> yeah, it, it's notable where they go, just just call me by the famous name Jackie Pajamas. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to remember that. So Dana's on location to, to figure out what's going on. Uh, I will say. Like, I don't think the Greg Land effect pops up too much uh, here. You know, like we said in that last issue he popped up on, he's mostly just an 80s artist in, in what we've seen here in this book. Uh, yeah. But Dinah uh, sitting all sexy on her, her towel uh, on the cruise ship uh, arriving in the, in the country. Um, there's one glaring problem with this, and it's the way that her body's kind of twisted she's doing that kind of sexy one leg over so her ass is kind of sticking into the air except her upper half of her body is perfectly facing forward if you actually stop to think about how her her like middle abdomen must be twisting to achieve this pose then you've got a problem <laughs> i'd say don't stop and think about it but the problem is you kind of do it's as like soon as you see it yeah it's like two thirds of the page it's like a big spread at the top it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty in your face um, I actually kind of like the design like I like the big hat and the sunglasses for her I think that actually kind of suits her attitude uh, it's it's about as much of a disguise as she's willing to bother with yeah yeah she's going for kind of I don't know rich socialite I guess from <laughs> from like the yeah. 80s like she's going for that kind of vibe uh, I do like how the book she's reading has the word Dixon on it they've, they've put a wee we used to yeah. in there for the for the writer um so but she's there for recon and babs is trying to tell her it's just it's, it's, you know it's not meant to be a, a bait mission and she's like they're all bait missions babs it's all about luring them in you know hopefully it likes blondes she's, she's there just be like ah oh, let's just get on with this yeah uh, so what like, <laughs> one of the big on. things that it sets up here is uh which you know i'm sure is going to be a a, a, a villain <laughs> later on is that babs has got a pen pal that she talks to on the internet uh, which, by the way, Babsy's screen name is Rolling Thunder, which is a little amusing. I'm not going to lie. It's um, it's it's nineties. It's very nineties, yeah. But it sets up that she's got this guy that she talks to who wants to meet her in person, but she's not comfortable doing that. But they're kind of talking back and forth. Um, you're going to hate that I bring up a Buffy reference here, but it was impossible for me not to think 
of Willow and iRobot Eugene, an episode of the hit television show, Buffer the Vampire Slayer. Really, that's where you're going with this. You're going yeah. with that episode. That episode, because she's talking, she meets a guy online that turns out to be a demon. Uh, it was hard not to sort of think of that episode when I was reading like, these pages. It's very easy not to think of that episode when reading these pages. It's very, oh, no, not, not at all. Uh, you know, that episode might not be the best episode, but I have fun with it. So... It sets, you, it sets this up that she's got this thing there's not really much addressing it for the rest of the issue it's just kind of there to set up this going forward but my favourite part of this issue actually I love this is at the Pentagon there's a couple of people who are part of uh, like a, the, the tech division in the Pentagon are freaking out because someone has been hacking in and using their database and their system like as much as they want for the past several months and I feel like I'm, I'm jumping to the conclusion that this is Oracle they could Say, say you know swerve is here and it's actually a villain who's doing this it could be the the guy she's talking to it could be uh, but i do kind of love the idea that they're too scared to admit to the higher ups that this is happening because it'll, it'll be seen as like a too risky to even have this division and they'll lose their their gig so that now we're going to we're going to track this person down ourselves and put a stop to this even though we're not field agents you know we could do it and I just loved the guy's cheesy smile. This is maybe when the art's at its, at its best. Is this guy's cheesy smile as he's he's saying, "We'll be heroes. We'll go after this guy, but we it's, won't tell anyone." We'll be heroes, and then the the look down of of disappointing him, but we can't tell anyone. Yeah, uh, I really I really think this is an idea. The idea that Babs has been. I mean, again, it could not be Babs. It might be someone else, but. I do love if it is Babs though. I love the idea that someone's noticed that she's like using the you know the Pentagon, the military defense systems to like just search for things and. I don't know. It's pretty funny, yeah. I, I, love, I love that idea. Uh, so, Dana's doing some recon. She's got the goals on. She's sneaking into the pajamas house, <laughs> the pajamas household, and taking out the guards left and right. Uh, she's sneaking past the guys in the, the living room watching the big screen TV. Remember when those were a thing? Yeah. I mean, we actually have bigger TVs now, but I, I'm talking about specifically when they were called the big screen TVs. Huge, huge, bulky things. Yeah. Uh, but she's sneaking in and again Babs has been very you know careful wants her to watch what she's doing not do anything too serious not make any noise don't get caught yada 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 but she sneaks into the hidden like place in the basement the big security vault and there's like Rolexes and cameras and like, this is weird I didn't expect this rich guy to just be like someone who collects watches it's like he's a like a peddler someone who goes and sells stuff at the market and then she finds jars full of human body parts and it's like oh shit this guy's a complete maniac I have to get out of here couple of fingers some ears you know yeah. the usual and Bob's like go now she's like no you're going to scan the room right with these goggles she's like okay fine but as soon as I do that you have to go uh, so at the end of the issue though is as she's leaving she, she looks down from the balcony and sees uh, pajamas arriving in a helicopter with a couple of ladies but the other person in the helicopter the guy that pajamas is entertaining is this mysterious blonde man with the walking stick and Babs just happens to say wait I know who that is and she's like you do? he's like yeah that's Jason Bard it's like wait you, you know him well? he's like well if you count the time we were engaged and the last the last panel is just these two guards sneaking up behind Dinah and she's like say it again Oracle <laughs> say that again <laughs> that's a pretty big statement say it again uh, yeah that's quite a funny beat it's a funny beat and I am um, certainly didn't remember this if I knew this that they were engaged at some point in continuity it's something that, that's like sure in the back of my head it didn't surprise me yeah uh, it's, it's one of the funny things because obviously Batgirl the comic recently has been trying to sort of establish some sort of romance between them and I've not liked it in that. 
Um, funnily enough, I, the idea that there was a romance and she hates his guts now is way more appealing to me than going through the start of a romance with him. Oh, it's way more fun, yeah. Yeah, because like this, this beat was way funnier than any any sort of chemistry or lack of chemistry they've had in the main Batgirl book in recent months. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's a pretty low bar, admittedly, but yeah. I mean, I think when you look at this issue, it sets up a couple of seeds that it's going to continue forward, and but it gives you a lot of Barbara and Dinah sort of joking with each other and their chemistry, which is kind of the main thing in the book, and it is technically an issue one, so it has to kind of sell that to the new reader. So I think it's pretty successful in that sense. I guess the real question is, does it do enough from a, a plot perspective? And I think it's interesting that it chooses to end... I mean, obviously it's got this, the cliffhanger part of the, the the guys with the guns behind her, but I think it's interesting and maybe a smart choice to end it on a, a more personal, humorous beat between them. Because since, if the main thing this issue is selling is their playful back and forth with each other, to end it on a comedy beat that plays off of that might actually be the best thing to attract people to come back and say, hey, you care about these two, you like these two. Come yeah, back I mean, for more of that. The whole issue is how... Dinah doesn't know Babs at all. Doesn't even know her name. Mm. Like that's that's a recurring thing through this issue that they really want to sell. So by getting to the end of this and going, oh hey, this bad guy, I I may have been engaged to him, and you know, and her and Dinah not knowing that at all, is taking that to the nth degree and really blowing it up. And so it, it kind of it neatly sets up that early on, and and, yeah, and this payoff really works because of it. Yeah, and Barbara doesn't want her to know her name because it's safer for everyone involved if no one knows who she really is. Mm. That said, knowing that she used to be engaged to him now, surely it doesn't take that much effort to find out who he's been engaged to in the past. And then, assuming that the list isn't that long, which... I was going to say, <laughs> this is Jason Bond. Uh I'd be curious to see uh, how quickly we keep this, her not knowing who she is, up. But yeah we'll i can't imagine it lasts that lot more than you know the the first, by, by the end of the first arc surely it's okay fine i understand why we need to be a bit more transparent with each other they trust each other so on so on yeah makes sense the usual first arc team stuff yeah and the art is the art's got moments the art's got moments where i like it it's got moments where i don't like it uh the, the like i say the, the sort of it's not a bikini she's wearing exactly it's more of a swimsuit but like the, you know the bikini page i'll call it for the lack of a better term is definitely where i go uh there's some greg land that really yeah, sticking out i kind of felt it not to the same degree not in quite the same way but with the the girl at the end getting off the helicopter oh sure Di- dinah makes a comment that she's underage and yeah. i'm like really like, like this art it, it, it doesn't come across that other than and, and i don't know why dinah is making that conclusion from this art yeah, again, that would be a fault in the art, not selling it. It's almost like he wanted to just draw someone sexy instead of trying to sell that this was someone who was underage. Uh, yeah, like, it's supposed to be, like, the, the, the writing's going, no, this guy's incredibly sleazy. Instead of just, if, if I take away that comment of, you know, saying that she's underage, it just looks like rich guy on a helicopter with standard girl, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think... The problem here is that they say it's underage, but the art is telling us to enjoy it. The art is saying, us, hey, look, attractive woman, when yeah, that's not what it's... we're thinking. We're thinking underage. So the, it's a disconnect. Um, it's a disconnect. That, that would be a thing, regardless of what the art actually is, though, that would be a disconnect just in the choices. Uh, in terms of the art quality, I mean, it's not as bad as the Dana page in that sense. No, I agree. In, yeah. in terms of the actual quality of the, the drawing, it's fine. It's the choice of drawing that yeah. I question here. No, no, I, I agree. Uh, it, it read weird because she doesn't look underage at all. And I, I think that's... 
not that Dana's making a mistake, it's that the art's not showing what's supposed to be showing. Uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say Dana's not making a mistake because um, the next panel mm. is, is Babs watching and someone else gets off the helicopter and says, and another underage honey. So the conclusion is that, that she's seeing the same thing as Dana and is clearly getting this conclusion that we're just not at all. Yeah, yeah. She looks like any sort of like mid twenties like comic character, really, from the art. Uh, yeah. So, no. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that is that is a uh, Birds of Prey issue one. Uh, it is it is pretty good. It is pretty good. Uh, let's see some some art issues here or there. Uh, but I, I think in terms of the writing, it, it sets up all the things that it wants to do. Some of the new elements itself are kind of fun and uh it kind of leans into the strengths of what this book has been you know even if some of the issues have been too long recently because it's all been these big one shots is this is this definitely leans into the strengths of what made the good parts good and what made yeah. that that first first one shot so great i definitely don't have that problem here with the length because this this flew in oh yeah th- this was paced perfectly this this yeah. was a neat breeze to read so what are you giving it uh, i'm gonna give it a solid seven i think it would be higher if, if the art was a bit a bit better here or there yeah, um, I will agree with the seven. I think, uh, and as the art, I, I think if the art was was better, then we'd be looking at a more solid, great score. But I, I think it's interesting though, as as a first issue, which for all intents and purposes we have to treat it as one, even though it's not really. It's um, it's very low key, really. Uh, for for a, a typical first issue, there's there's not a lot of big exciting action beats, really. Uh, so it's quite interesting in in that angle. Yeah, I kind of appreciate it. I don't really need. I mean, obviously, there's the conventional wisdom that you put a big bang thing in your first issue, but I kind of appreciate that it didn't rush to that. <laughs> no, I did as well because it yeah. feels like no, this team. You know, we've been building to this for like six, seven issues now, really. But by the time we get here, and you know, the writers are aware that the most people reading this issue one will be coming from the other one shots because i mean even the cover says you know by popular demand from so there is an awareness that it was selling well enough to see more that okay that's why we're doing this so maybe that maybe gave him the the safety net of not needing to do the traditional first issue route yeah that makes sense so there you go Uh, that's uh birds pressure one not exactly gsa issue nine jeff johns and david goyer writing with stephen sadowski on the art so this is the conclusion to the three-part story. Uh, Nailed it. I, I knew it was coming up. I knew I knew it wasn't a long arc, right? Uh, it was one more than I was expecting. Does, does it make you even feel better that you get to the end of this and go, oh, it is next issue? Yes, the, the end does set up the Wildcat issue that I was expecting to be soon. And yep. uh, it all makes sense. Uh, sets up the Injustice Gang, which uh, looks great. I love that page. But uh, that's... Uh, I swear I put this book back to the page that the start this issue is. It's on the start of the next issue. What, what, come on. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Sometimes Comicsology does that to me as well. I, I swear I moved it, but okay. Uh, here we go. So, uh, obviously we'll be digging this story. We start off and the Shadowlands infecting the world and chaos ensuing. Uh, Obsidian's you know, la- in it. laughing like a madman. It's, it's Everything's going wrong. Uh, and we have Alan trying to go after Obsidian, try to do his thing, uh, as the others are running from the, the still shadow-infected characters. So there's a lot of action pages at the start. Uh, uh, Hot Girl saves Star Girl for uh, one moment, uh, and again, I'll just reiterate: I know that she's not called Star Girl yet, technically, but it's just easier than the Star Spangled Kid. <laughs> 
That's a mouthful, isn't it? It is a mouthful. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a good reason why they changed it. <laughs> Maybe more than anything. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Honestly, a fun, fun read. Very quick read as well because it is so, so much uh, based on the action. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is just getting the, the teammates back to normal. So Stargirl zaps our man, and mm-hmm. then our man freezes Flash in time, basically. Yeah, slows him down enough that it'll take him at least a few minutes to get from point A to point B. Uh, Fate kind of saves himself because the helmet yeah. is just like screw this shit. Yeah, the, the helmet kind of saves him. Yeah. Um, w- meanwhile, uh, Atom Smash is actually like barricading like all the shadow people in the middle of the, the street. He's got like trucks and cars all stacked around him. Uh, with Ted Rice, the stepfather. I think it, I think it's Jim Rice, by the way. Oh, Jim Rice, sorry. Uh, on his back. Uh, I don't know, Mr. Rice, you know what I mean. I do. Uh, I, I noticed it last last time, and, and I was like, ah, be fine, you'll remember next time, you'll get it right. Mm, not from me. Uh, so, but yeah, you got you got uh, obsidian. Honestly, the obsidian and Alan fight really, you know, the art really shines when it gets to the end of that uh, because I, I'm assuming there's no pun intended there. Uh, very intended, always intended. Uh, so, you know, where Alan basically says, you know, I wrote the book on willpower, right? I, I, you know, before all this, I, I was, you know, before I was called Sentinel, I was Green Lantern, and. We get this great two-page spread where he blasts some, you know, full energy with green green light, uh, or the green flame specifically. Obviously, it looks yeah. very different from Green Lantern uh, blasts, but uh, it's this glorious two-page page spread. Um, what I loved, it, this is something that sometimes we'll talk about things, especially on the, the, the other, the main show, and there'll be this nice kind of feedback loop where this will reference something that we talked about recently, or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, a week or two ago on the on the quarantine episode we were talking about if Alan Scott had a Green Lantern oath. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were talking about that. That was there an oath, and that sounds like yeah, there was an oath. I mean, I, I assume it's a very different oath to the one we know. Yeah, I mean, we, we, he says it here, and, and yeah. I shall shed my light over dark evil, for the dark things cannot stand the light of the Green Lantern. It's I don't know, not quite what we think of as we think of oath. Uh, yeah, with very different, but um, it's, it's unique to him. I kind of like the uh, the detail in that two page spread of the city below them. I like the way that they've drawn the lights and shadows, where it's just like the 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 deep blacks of one side where the shadow is, but the rest of it's so lit from the the opposing direction that there's no detail. Uh, yeah. I, I like that. It's just a, it's a really good look to it. And the page after is really good as well, which is I love this page, especially the left half of of this page. Yes, yeah, it's the green beam going up from the city into space and then the second side because this is just two vertical panels that are just complete page height uh, the second panel is the light going from earth all the way through space so it's again it's, it's that we talked about this a lot last issue where the scale of like you know the, the same state then the city then the country then the world then the planet uh, you know, in this context of space, that's just kind of the same idea, and a much smaller scale. But it's just the sense that oh, we get the beam going from the city into the sky, and then we get the beam going from Earth into space, and it shows. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it, really... it just it's just the camera pulling back essentially, uh, from panel to panel. Yeah, and Obsidian's no longer got his uh, his full outfit. His, his mask is gone, and he falls to to Earth, and you know we have this kind of sad ending where. Obsidian is not ready to lose, so he actually, like, uh, his stepfather, Rice, he jumps in to get to him, to stop him from doing what he's about to do, and he kind of, 
he consumes him but also himself he kind of you know it's like he's consumed out of the shadows and then his own body kind of like turns into the the black shadow that's left and there's just like a he little just becomes shadow i guess yeah yeah um so he's not dead he's he's somewhere he's in the shadowlands right now i guess is basically the, the gist of it uh until his return at some point but yeah. it's a really it's a really sad ending though because it's not like they didn't win they didn't beat him they didn't I mean, they beat him in the sense that they stopped his plan from happening, but they didn't win in the sense that he's not realised who he is or they got over his mental health issues or had a moment he's of clarity. Still, yeah, he, he hasn't come back around to being a hero. Yeah, and it's this kind of the bittersweet thing where they've kind of saved the day, but Alan flies off on his own. His cape's kind of ripped and torn at the bottom and they're all looking up at him. And we actually go, and this is a nice little bookend to the start of the arc because we started the arc you know, a couple of issues ago with Jade uh, calling Alan and we get this page here of him just breaking down in our arms saying I, I couldn't save him it's it yeah. was a really really strong it's ending powerful. yeah yeah um, and the rest are on the on the uh, on the, 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 the ship going back to base and they're just kind of chatting about uh, what's been going on and one of them's talking to or sorry not, not one of them sorry Wellcat's on the phone to Catwoman yeah there's a little comment that, that segues it yeah. you know, you know uh, He'd have wanted to believe me. He's probably bored out of his mind right now. Yeah, he's in the bathtub. He's got his rubber ducky, and then he hears the noise. The, the alarm goes off in the, the headquarters. And he, we see that he's a bit more. Uh... Do you know? For a second, I thought I saw a penis in one of the panels. Uh... <laughs> is it? Is it the bottom of his leg when yeah, he's running yeah, yeah, on that yeah. back, top right? I know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah, I just I just caught it in the side of my eye and went, "Wait, is that his penis?" It's... It's his raised leg. Yes. Where you can't see most of the leg because it's covered by the the towel. It's just kind that, of uh, it's like his foot maybe behind where yeah. it's lifted because he's running. Don't, don't get me wrong. If that was his penis, it's at a weird angle coming from a weird place. But it's just, it's just close enough that I'm like, wait. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of your eye catches it and goes, wait, what, what's that sticking out there? Because yeah. there's just just a shape uh, like in between the leg areas. Where you're like, you, what's that? He jumps out of the bathtub, though, and he runs, and then we get the big full-page uh, cliffhanger, which is the Injustice Society, uh, with Johnny Sorrow leading them. Uh, we'll get into who each of these members are, because I don't remember them all off the top of my head, uh, name-wise, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's Icicle, right? The the, the Ace one? Uh, junior, yeah. Maybe Junior, yeah. One of the Icicles. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going Icicle, anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, that's uh, Artemis at the bottom right, I think. Uh, I think you're right, yeah. Uh is that Killer Moth or is Huntress, that? Uh, it could be Killer Moth, yeah. Yeah, we'll find the next issue. I, I... And that—that's that looks like Vertigo, right at the top. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's Vertigo. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure who the. He's got a C in his belt. Oh, is that was that the, the uh, was that Geomancer that? Uh... It is Geomancer. Yeah. 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 I, honestly, I've skipped ahead. Um, it is oh, Icicle, not Icicle Junior, just Icicle. I'd have thought that was Junior by the look of it, but looks a lot of young. Look, looks young in that panel there, to be honest. Well, you know, that's it. Uh, yeah. So exciting team, though. I, I, you know, I have a lot of fun with the next issue from what I remember. So I'm excited to dive back into that one. But uh, I, I do love this setup though of like Wildcat having his own little adventure when when everyone else is on their way back. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's a very condensed issue because it's just this this time span of him on his own in the in the building with the, all these villains. Uh, it's really good stuff, and it really I, I think if you didn't like Wildcat already, the next issue kind of sets him up as being like, oh no, to, yeah, not not to ruin the next episode or anything, but it's going to take a hell of an issue for for JSA not to win issue of the week. Well, we'll see. 
we'll see. Uh, all right, what are we given uh, this issue though? Very I think good. This is a solid eight point five. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think. I think. I'm trying to think of what's holding it back from being higher, and it, there's not a lot really. It's just maybe the the fight in the first half between Alan and Obsidian until the the ending's great, but it's maybe a little undefined before that, where it's just kind of stuff's happening. Stuff's happening, but there's not really any sort of like st- there's no sort of progression to follow where you can kind of see it progress from one beat to the next until the ending. So I think that's maybe my one complaint about it. Uh, um, but- honestly, one of my complaints would be as well. Midnight just kind of is forgotten about pretty much after the last issue or two. Yeah, there's like one moment towards the end where someone asks him to, to join. I think Sand. Yeah, but asks him to join. Ultimately, he he has virtually no contribution to the issue. Which, given that you know he was so instrumental over the last issue, just of of spearheading this this counter attack and you know this this defense, to, he feels very forgotten about here. Yeah, uh, that that would probably have raised it up higher if, if he'd got a bit, a bit it didn't have to be as prominent as the previous issue but if it felt like a, a worthy follow up yeah I get it uh, so yeah okay that'll take us on that'll move us on to the next book which is Superman the Man of Steel issue 105 uh, written I by I suppose we must Mark Schultz and then art by Doug Mankey uh, Mankey's art looks pretty good I am so ready. Yeah, the, art, the art was better than it was last issue for sure. I definitely thought that as I was looking at it. Unfortunately, I think this was one of the most frustrating to read because so much of it was Joker. So much of it was the, the villains kind of bickering so with each other. So little of it was the super pets. Yeah, I, well, I told you, didn't I? I told you I that know, was probably going to be done within a page or two. I, I despised all the stuff of, ah, forget the pets. Let's just put them in the TV. <laughs> yeah, so we get this weird Superman alternate reality playing out in like, their TV show, but Superman's actually living it. Uh and ultimately the whole point is that by the end of the issue Superman proves that he like it's a, he basically rips off the whatever clothes he had them wearing he's, he's, he's like no Joker I will never fall for this I will always come for you I will always fight you and it kind of inspires the Justice League uh, what you know Wonder Woman says you know he really believed in all this and he really did all this so the final page is them all in their actual you know yeah outfits. I have a question yes what the hell was Kyle? What was he in the other? Because like everyone else, I I can see the gags. He he's like the bottom of a of a of a bulb, like the, that you screw in. This is a pointless question because it told you when they introduced him. I can't remember, obviously. Well, I don't remember so, either. But uh, okay, fair enough. But, but, I'm but looking was... at it now and being like, I don't remember this. I don't but remember Kyle. There was a clear explanation that told you what he was. He was like fly trap or something like that. I can't remember. No, fair enough. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't tell me. I'm saying I don't remember to the point where everyone else is so clear as to what they are, whether whether I like it or not. Whereas that one, I don't recall what this is. Yeah, but it's it's an unfair complaint, though, when it did tell you. <laughs> no, I'm not complaining about it. I was like, what the hell is it? I'm asking you. Uh, well, I don't remember. <laughs> Do you, think, you think I remember that over-wordy issue? I, I no. Uh yeah, so much, so much, so many pages in this because it's like in this TV show that Superman's living through. They're all in these kind of like square boxes with very little color. It's got a sort of blue tint to them. Uh, yeah. 
So, well, the art is better. There's a whole page where Superman goes to the Spectre, and the Spectre says, you have to overcome this and reset the world. Uh, and Superman's like, why, why can't you, like, do something? And it's like, oh, because all my power is just holding Joker's influence back. And it, just at the end, before Superman goes back to, you know, whatever, like, the Spectre has the Joker smile. So, like, even Spectre's becoming I, uh, victim to I this. I like the, in terms of the, the, the art, reveal of that like you know he, he he's just this this hooded figure and you know the just blackness covering his, his face you know there's all silhouette you can't see anything until the grin starts and then you know you just get a hint of it and then the next panel it's oh okay and i feel like if i was into this story that would be such a cool moment oh sure and i don't hate the idea that joker's making batman watch this like clockwork orange style yeah he's duct taped his eyes open yeah that's melody amusing um but I, you know, the, the, the like, the sad part is, is that I see the beats in this and I want to love them. The idea that Superman inspires this Justice League who have forgotten who they are to believe in the idea of the Justice League is a really good idea for a story. Unfortunately, I'm so out of it and I hate how it's written and I'm, I've been out of it for issues and issues at this point that when this moment comes, A, it kind of feels out of nowhere, but also it feels like at this point, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm so ready to just get this last issue over and done with. Well, that's the good news, is that we have one issue left. Just one. Just one. Action Comics 770. And that's it. Is that what it is? Okay, cool. Yep. And then we're, we're done. We're done with this, and we can move on. Again, we can leave it there. I have nothing else to say about this issue. Connor, what are you giving it? I'll give it a four. I think four's fair. I'll give it a four too. Uh, which will take us on to our final book of the week, which is Batgirl issue six. Brian Q. Miller writing Leaguer Bet on the art. Uh, this is, of course, following on from the cliffhanger of Stephanie being shot, uh, grazed in the head at the end of the last issue. Yep. And Still pretty bad, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did this one remember where it was? It did. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> so she has kind of like a weird hallucination moment where she remembers Black Mask and she remembers uh, Red Hood telling her not to put on the... I say Red Hood, I mean... Not Red Hood, sorry. You mean Red Robin. Red Robin, thank you. Sorry, it's been so long since Tim was Red Robin, all right? <laughs> How dare you do my boy Tim Dilly like that? <laughs> right. I should have Conflating said Tim. him with that monster. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I do love that she uh, gives a fake name, Faye Ray, and like Oracle's like, okay, good girl, Steph, you you, you cover your tracks because she's she's on the way to the hospital that her mother works at. So yeah, questions and will it, be it's raised. Obviously, it's it's a name they set up in advance. That mm-hmm. okay, use this, and I'll you know listen out for it, and I'll come and sort things out essentially. And, and Babs hijacks the truck. Uh, this is maybe a bit early to actually believe that smart cars were hackable. I mean, hell, even today, I, I feel like I've not encountered one in real life yet, but I buy they exist. I buy that when a movie says a, a car can be hacked into, I'll just accept it. But... Uh, yeah, I guess. I think it's because it's so extreme. Like, it, it, it's... Because I remember, like, it feeling extreme in The Winter Soldier, the movie, when it happened, but at least he's, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. and they have advanced tech and, you know, they're, they're ahead of everything, so yeah. I just... Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, but this is, like, a regular ambulance... <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a little know. excessive but whatever it makes for a fun beat uh, and Stephanie gets out and she's kind of stumbling through the snow um, we have uh, what's, the, what's the love interest name again the cop ah Nick Nick, Nick there you go he, he's with Gordon when Gordon's uh, got the bat signal on and ba- and obviously this is to keep in mind this is uh, Dick uh, to his Batman here just uh, always have to remember this when we're reading this book that Dick's Batman uh, 
so he's there to talk about what's going on, particularly the kidnapping of the, the rich dude's son who Steph was kind of going on a date with last issue. And like, okay, what do they want? This is something, this is something personal because they, they want they want his attention. It's not just about the money because there's no ransom demands, blah, blah, blah. And we revealed that Steph is watching from afar with binoculars. And of course, Damien kind of sneaks up behind her. Before we get to that, can yeah. we just talk about her going, oh, you, you know, this lip syncing, you know, it's, it's easy to read their lips. Oh, yeah. She's, she's putting in her own dialogue. Uh, you know, I'm glad we're best friends, Batman. Me too, chum. Which is funny because I've just I've been saying in the last recent episodes of this show that uh, Batman calling Jason chum so much was kind of weird <laughs> in Detective Comics. So it's kind of funny that there's a reference to that that era. This is this what I'm part. talking about. We we have this kind of weird synchronization with ourselves. It's it's weird. It happens, but. I, honestly, I, I'm going to compare to something you're not going to like again. Uh, the spin-off to the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire, so there's a scene early on when Spike is watching... It. I'm not standing for this. When Spike is watching Angel save some young woman in an alleyway, and Spike adds his own his own dialogue to it. Really funny. It reminded me of that uh, and filled me with joy. And amusingly, part of that joke that Spike has is that he makes some Batman jokes, so it even kind of ties in a little bit. So there you go. You will Qu- cease this now. Quality reference. <laughs> to the angel mobile away okay uh so honestly like i think what i want more than anything now for a new book i mean is that i would love a stephanie brown batgirl book of course i would even just a stephanie brown spoiler book whatever but i think my dream book now is a batgirl and robin book with stephanie and damien as an ongoing still be enough of a little shit to be as fun she'll bring it out of them <laughs> it'll happen they're going to bicker like siblings and it's going to be great uh th- this is so good i actually i tweeted at one of the panels of this out this week because it made me laugh so much where it cuts to barbara so they're, they're bickering and fighting right on the rooftop and it cuts to barbara who's listening into this just like all, you know not, not quite face palming but it's, it's the same sort of mood right the same sort of uh energy and we just hear over the comms oh if i fight back is that considered child abuse and damien hits back back with have it the wench <laughs> and it's her going this isn't gonna wait did he just switch to pirate damien yelling out have it the wench to like i mean not an old person but like someone you know so, but steph is like nearly 19. twice his age yeah and him saying have it the wench as a 10 year old just really makes me laugh uh it's, it's so good brilliant. and i love that dick turns around hearing the commotion and then like you know just glares and be like <laughs> I'm off. He's like, enough of this shit. <laughs> uh, and so they're, they're, they're told to stay behind, and they're kind of, again, they're left behind, they're bickering, and they actually kind of end up working together. You know, they're just like, okay, we need to figure this out. Uh, we're not going to just stay you know, stay in the sidelines, you know, because neither of them are you know willing to do that, obviously. Uh, so we get this. I, I do like that when uh, Dick is bickering with Babs over letting Steph to, you know do whatever and like you know why have you got steph doing this i do love the little subtle well it's subtle but you know i love that that panel with their faces split in half and in between them there's like a, a panel of robin and batgirl with yeah. them fighting. i don't know if you can even slightly use the word subtle yeah so, this, I, this I, is I, a sledgehammer i didn't mean subtle what, what i think what i meant was uh poignant symbolic if you want to use an s word sure sure uh but because uh, she, she kind of says to him like, "Hey, there was a time when another Batgirl and Robin didn't quite see, yeah, yeah, you know," uh, and 
he kind of smirks when he says it feels like a lifetime ago but they kind of end on a sort of cold note uh because she's kind of prodding him and that's one of my favorite things actually is that i'd forgotten about this book is how much i love uh, dick and babs interactions and babs kind of being a like, bit frosty being frosty but then realizing she's been frosty and feeling bad about it it just it feels like there's some layers there uh, and then dick gets his uh most batman panel yet of the book <laughs> and silhouette with just the eyes and the logo it's uh it's pretty up there yeah yeah so that's really really good but no, it ends you know i said it ended a cold note i meant the previous page the actual ending to this scene is actually really warm because she he asks her to do something she says can you say please and he looks up at the the camera and says pretty please with a smile uh and she she, she narrates me saying i missed that too because she was saying in the previous page in her head that she misses uh his warmth because he's been a bit colder recently it's, it's like oh it's almost like he's been too good at becoming batman and he's starting to lose a little bit of that warmth that makes he's, dick, uh, dick. he's having to try so hard to yeah. be batman that he's, he's losing himself into it a little bit which is it almost isn't even like a big factor of this book i mean obviously i, I look forward to the days where we're going through all the bat books of the time yeah it's a but, big part of his own personal crisis at but, this current time of dc comics that's going on in those books but even the, the small slice of it we're getting in this book is really good it's it's why dick was a better batman than bruce it was it was, it was more enjoyable to read okay i love so much so they go to question the the girlfriend of the the you know the, the college kid that was kidnapped and they do the whole thing where she walks into the room it's dark and damien turns the light on even before we get to the dialogue i love steph's narration going all right back, back girl this is your first interrogation right you know <laughs> like yeah. you know like i just i love her psyching herself up for her first sort of bat interrogation and then even just did the art here i love the pose where she's on the couch but she's got the the, the, the cape over her face like the, the the classic batman pose but she feels so small in comparison to batman because she's sort of hunched up on the couch like a kid uh she feels like no damien's height with the way she sat there and, yeah and damien doesn't necessarily feel bigger but she just feels small it's, it's like she's letting him take point and by, by in doing so she feels much smaller uh and she that. takes back over pretty quick like because yeah. he turns on the light and he says the first thing and she's like no no no, you follow my lead yeah she's like no no i'll be bad cop you'll be worse cop and he's like okay i can live with that i'll be worse cop <laughs> yeah he's into that uh but i love how she intimidates her she's like look i'm the kind of i'm a punch first kind of kind of girl he he's a stabber (laughs) (laughs) which is a great callback to last issue when he was wanting to stab stephanie yeah it's 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 damien to a t it's it's wonderful it's wonderful uh and she explains stuff now admittedly we were meant to record this two days ago and then it's it's two days have passed so i'm forgetting exactly what she says about the the dude hold on uh but yes, yes, the dad's a gambler, and he was borrowing all that money, and he was getting square, but not quite, and that's why they, all these people are after him. All the money yeah. was dirty. All the money he was putting into things was dirty. Uh, so, delightful. But they, they basically want him to do something for them. And we actually get a reveal that I'd completely forgotten about this book. It, Batman being such a factor in this arc so far is actually really important, because the end game here, and what this ultimately is going to become, is that all these villains are actually... Well, I say all these villains. These weird C-list villains that we see in a minute here that attack Batman. Because the Batmobile, obviously, of the era could fly. And Dick's in the Batmobile flying around. And we get uh, Roxy Rocket. These riot dudes and whoever else. And they're all attacking him. And basically, all of this is basically to set up Batman. All these villains are going after Batman. And the big, uh, you know, reveal is that it's uh, Roulette is behind all. Which makes sense. If the dad was a gambler and he owes people money for gambling... It, it lines up. 
I love Roulette whenever she shows up. She's always fun. Yeah, very distinct. Obviously, she's always that red dress. She's got that dragon tattoo. Uh, yeah. Or is it a snake tattoo? Whatever it is. Uh, I feel like it, it. it's like a like a Chinese dragon, maybe. Yeah, that's probably... That's probably that makes sense. Uh, but, you know, we see her set this up. We see uh, we got... Uh, the riot clones we got roxy rocket and we got uh, Do- uh dr phosphorus so we got an interesting mix of villains which feels cool because it feels like the sort of villains that batgirl should be taking on right not the a-listers and the reason why i say batgirl is because ultimately what this is going to be is that batgirl and robin are going to have to save batman and you can already see that this is this is how she earns dick's like trust or this is how she's going to earn her place in the bat family right in dick's eyes yeah. at least at least enough to prove that she gets to continue trying exactly yeah because the, the final page is uh them going after batman the batmobile's been put down dick is like hunched against the pole and, and bleeding just, pretty badly bleeding yeah and we, we see we see just the, the final thing saying the batman dies like they're broadcasting this it's like a it's a game show they've made a, a game show for the internet yeah. uh watching all these villains go after after batman so this is a really fun idea i love the idea of like her being instrumental in saving dick is a way to not only just in dick size cement her as part of the bat family but just for us as well so okay she's really arrived at this point now where she's legitimized herself as a bat girl hmm. uh, and we can see that so i'm really in um but you know because uh, babs gives Ooh. the order bring him home you know I-, I love the art in that it's just a close-up of her eyes but it there's like reverence the way she says it it's like i'm having to send out these two kids to go get him because he's in danger and if he's in that much danger that i'm sending two kids then it means she's worried but she's also trusting Steph to do this. She's trusting trusting Steph to be, you know, have the capacity to achieve this mission and to complete this mission. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of weight in the dialogue and the art here in the last couple of pages to to really sell how big a deal this is that Steph is going to have to go save Batman. Yeah, this uh, this book is really starting to get going now. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, and it was Garbet on the the, on the whole book, so the art was fantastic throughout. We mentioned a couple of specific instances, but it's uh, you know it is up to his usual high standard consistently yeah really good stuff uh so what are you rating it i'm gonna give it an 8.5 hmm. i think i'm gonna agree i was tempted to go nine and the only reason why i'm not is that i think the pacing of the issue is just a little bit skewed because of the the first chunk having to deal with the whole gunshot thing which ultimately doesn't feel as super important to the rest to me the issue really begins when she's on the rooftop spying on batman that's fair um sometimes for me it's it's less something i can put a finger on as closely as that it's just nines have an extra mm. feeling about them oh uh, sure no, sometimes it's that with me as well but I, I was thinking about it and I, I think that's why it doesn't feel as perfect as it even though the, the back chunk of it is really it's it's excellent yeah. excellent yeah uh so there you go that is uh the book so we'll pick our favorite or least favorite and best art uh of the week we'll start with uh least favorite i mean okay i'll just say it for both of us uh Whatever the Superman book what? Man of Steel. It was Man, Man of Steel, Steel. yeah. <laughs> yes, we, we both did not, not like one. that. Uh, best art, though? It's narrowed down to two pretty comfortably for me, and that's between Batman and Batgirl because it's, you know, mm-hmm. tier one. That, that I mean, we, we talk about the art consistently it being staggering on that. And then, you know, we just praised Garbett a lot right now on, on Batgirl. I think, though... I am going to edge it to Batman. 
I think I am too. There's just something, even though Garbage Art, you know, it's definitely the second place for me, but I... And GSA's art was pretty good too. Uh, I it was either. actually, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I feel like it was a little less consistent than those two books. Yeah, so. that's fair. But I, I think Batman just hits those dramatic beats, and you know, I, 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 even though because we actually recorded the Batman review part of this like two days ago, because that's you know when the tech issues happened, and I, I can still vividly remember a lot of the panels we spoke about. I can remember oh, Gordon yeah, sitting like in the bed. I can remember the bats coming in through the daylight. Yeah, all of that stuff. Uh, super gorgeous. So now uh, there you go. Which leads to best issue of the week, and this is interesting because Batman, while still great, uh, the actual numbers here actually have three books at eight point five from you, and I think from me as well. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, so for me it was uh, Batman, Batgirl, and JSA, and I think you gave same. the same score on all of those. Yeah, I, th- I think I agreed with all of those. So it's more of a fight, I suppose, this week. Uh, yeah, I mean it's I think the closest we've had in in a little while. Um, I think ultimately I am still going to give it to Batman mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day. Um, it, it just carries its weight more. Uh, it, it, I think it's unfair. Like that, it's 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 its weakest issue of year one. No, don't do me wrong about that. But I still think it's it's closer to the nine than anything else we've spoke about was. Sure. Yeah, I think Batgirl's really close. I, I think this issue of Batgirl with that issue of Batman, I think it's very close, but I think Batman still wins. And then GSA is third place and you're really good, but third place. I agree with that order, yeah. Uh, so there you go. That is, uh, that is, uh, that is the show. Uh, so that has been previously in the multiverse. Uh, at, was this episode 10? I think it was episode 10. It was 10, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can, of course, let us know what you thought of any of the books in the comments. You can like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, it does help us out a lot. It's, your, it's the best way of letting YouTube know that this content's worth something and other people should see it and it can help us grow and so on. Uh, you can also do a similar thing with the podcast if you want to go to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars and give us a review. More people will find us that way. All these things do help. You can support us financially, of course, uh, patreon.com slash TV, and you can support us for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. Uh, at the $5 tier, specifically for this show, you get early access to all the multiverse shows, so that's Comics from the Multiverse, which is back this week, might I add, uh, as well as previously. You get those a day early. Plus, you get to vote whenever we do a vote for one of the, the final two slots of the, the, the thing of the show. We have one cut... Co- so we're just about to start Shazam! The New Beginning. That's only about three or four issues, so we'll actually have another vote probably before this month we'll probably have another vote in a, you know about a week or so's time with the, all the movie votes that go up on patreon for those other shows so uh well worth uh, keeping an eye on that if you're interested in being involved so you can take part in that uh but that is uh that is that um i think that's everything i wanted to tell you so yeah uh, there you go that has been previously in the multiverse thank you very much once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep reading dc also keep watching there keep reading dc comics guys and remember to keep all the blades away from damien wayne